sports fan, Bert the Hurt Carlson. And I'm your host, W. Tuesday, February 21st, Max, a lifelong New York Knicks fan like myself, is here with me. We've got, I guess, nominally the second half of the season, but really a third of the season left. Possibly more in the playoffs, at least more in the play-in. Things are looking good at the moment. I don't think I've talked to you since probably a month into the season. So just generally, how are you feeling about the Knicks this year? Somehow I feel like this team that has been basically at 500 the whole year and exactly where we expected them to be has had like four different seasons in one already, right? It's like we had the hot start, then people were writing them off, then the eight game winning streak, then things got really bad again, and now we're back good. Yeah. So, you know, we... Somehow the whole time we've basically had the same record and been the same level of competitiveness. You know, we've had these sort of multiple seasons in one. Uh, but right now I'm feeling pretty great. I think it's it's hard not to. We've post-trade deadline and even a little bit before then, we've just been fun to watch. Uh, and I think, you know, at this moment, that is the best thing we can really ask for as Knicks fans. It's just a fun, competitive team to get us through this last third of the season. And hopefully have some fun and make some noise in the playoffs. Yeah. I've, I've also felt I've, I've loved this season. Actually. I've, I've enjoyed this season more than two years ago when the Knicks were the four seed. Oh wow! Um, yeah. For whatever reason, that season didn't feel as real to me. Like, I think this team is more legit good, even if they've had some bad runs in between. Um, yeah, that team, like, it was just, it was still a lot of rando, Randall ISO ball, not rando ball. Uh, and, like, um, I don't know, a lot of Alec Burks and um, and guys like that um, who, who were fine. And, but I just, I, I, I felt like we were punching above our weight that season and wanted, and I kept, sort of there was a part of me that wanted them not to do this well it's like let's get a good draft pick because that's going into the season what expectations kind of were this season I kind of started the season a little bit like that being like I don't know maybe it'd be best if we got a good draft pick this year especially in this good draft but about before the halfway mark maybe in like December something like that I just really just started to like this team and root for them unabashedly and unequivocally um, and not even thinking about like tanking or draft picks or anything. And I do think it's a really good team. Um, Brunson has been amazing. Yeah. I love him. Yeah. Uh, the Brunson factor is, is what was missed. Like, yeah. Two years ago. Exactly. That's, that's really the difference. And he's, he's been incredible. I, I actually, I grown to like Randall this year. Yes. Same. And I've always kind of hated him, um, and he's been up and down, of course, forever. But like this year, it's it's mostly, um, I guess, because he's playing off the ball a lot. It's it's a lot less. He does ISO a lot, but it's a lot less of like him pulling up for long twos. Like two years ago, it was all that like long twos along the baseline. He was hitting a lot of them. Then last year, he wasn't. This year, he's not really taking that many of them, and he's like even though his three point percentage is not that high, it's, it's good for a volume shooter. And I, I've just generally like his decision-making is good. Um, quickly has been great, like all throughout the rotation. And like, there's, there's things I can nitpick about the rotation. Maybe we'll talk about that a bit, but overall I, I like who's playing. I like how everybody's playing. Yeah. I think I, 
first off, I love Brunson. I'm sure we'll get yeah. to him in detail in a second. And I mostly agree on Randall. I, I find him more fun to watch this year than his first sort of most, you know, his breakout year, his most improved player year. But he still does things like he never boxes it out on free throws. If you watch when, you uh, know, when yeah. the Knicks, if the Knicks are shooting a free throw, he starts running back up the court the second it's out of the shooter's hands. He, the complaining still drives me crazy, which makes me yes. feel like an old guy, yes. but he just like has to stop. And I, I do find myself rooting for him and I never thought I would after last year, uh, but he's been good. I think part of the issue for me that's a little different than two years ago is I feel like so much of our future rides on some of these younger guys and my sort of hopes and dreams have been rising and falling with their play. Namely, I mean, it's it's RJ, number one, with a bullet, and then, to a lesser extent, Mitch, Obi, and some of the guards. But when RJ has, frankly, just not been good the last few games, yeah. um, even dating further back, he's just had a really up-and-down season and, and has driven me crazy. And I actually find myself in crunch time hoping for him to be benched or excited when Tibbs does bench him, uh, especially now that Hart's on the team. And I think Mitch, you know, he looked great early on. And I actually looked before this. He's played more games than I would have thought. I think he's played like two-thirds of the games. But his inability to stay on the floor has just been terrible, you know. Yeah. It, we're, pay, we're paying him $60 million, and it feels like we could have found someone for a third of that who, uh, you know, did some of the same stuff and could actually stay on the floor. Mitch, yeah, but his yearly salary is not that bad. And he's been... He's been mostly healthy this year, and he's been great when he's been playing. Um, yeah, even if his no, counting stats sure. maybe aren't there, is like I think he was killing the rest of the team in plus minus. Besides, maybe quickly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as you said, no. there's a lot more yeah. like homegrown talent that is the core of this team, and like Grimes, quickly RJ. That it does. It, it's for me more fun to watch as even if it is rising and falling. Like the future okay. of the team is rising and falling. With that, um, so yeah, let's talk about RJ first because RJ has not developed that nicely this year. He's been he's been the one Nick who's kind of been disappointing this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and who knows what's going to happen? I mean, how how much of a believer are you in RJ and his future with the Knicks? It's he. He's just been not fun to watch this year. He seems like he's not fun to play with. And we now have a ton of young wings who I'm excited about when they're on the floor and I don't feel that way with him, which is frustrating because if you asked me going into the season, which Nick I was most excited about, I 100% would have said RJ. Uh, I still think, I don't know, what is he, 22? He certainly is young enough that he can get to where he needs to be. I think the fact that there were all these rumors about trading him for Mitchell mm-hmm. does not make any of this performance any easier to swallow. I was very happy that the trade didn't happen at the time, but it certainly hasn't aged well. Right. Um, and I just, you know, I worry when it seems like he shouldn't be in the rotation or at least not in the closing five. Uh, it just makes me worried. And I don't know as much as I do think Tibbs, you know, I have my issues with Tibbs, but I think he should be getting credit for what he does this year. I don't think he's shown a lot of promise in terms of like developing wing talent. Uh, I can't, you know, th- there's the Jimmy Butler thing, but <sighs> yeah. beyond that, you well, know, that was... I would say quickly developed really well. Um, but maybe you consider him more of a point guard or, or a combo guard. Um, Grimes does seem to be developing well and he's going to play the shit out of Josh Hart. <laughs> For sure. But in, I, I push back on the quickly thing a bit because he, he, I, I love him and I, I know all the stat nerds love him, uh, but he seems very similar to the guy he was when he came into the league. Uh, and I think when he was a rookie, we saw this guy with a ton of promise. He was untouchable to me. You know, in my eyes, I was like, well, he, he's the sort of future. He's this lottery ticket we might have found, picking him 20, whatever. Uh, and he's kind of that same guy. Don't get me wrong, I love him. But I don't know if we can point to him and say he's developed really nicely. I think we just kind of picked a good guy who's who's remained as he is. Grimes, a bit of a different story, perhaps. But I do I do worry about this 
team, this front office's, this coaching staff's ability to sort of get the best out of a guy like RJ. Uh, and I, I don't know. What do you think? What do you think his trade value is right now? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there is still some, but um, and they probably couldn't trade him this. Maybe they didn't want to trade him this trade deadline, but they couldn't because of the whole poison pill thing. Uh, he, he'll have some trade value, but it's definitely diminished, and he's huh. no longer a prospect. He's now on his second contract officially at this offseason, so it's it's not a high contract. Um, it's a little less than the max, and compared to some of the other numbers that are coming out, it's not so bad. I think... Like, I, I think if you were to put him in a package say, for OG Ananobi, something like that. Um, I mean, Ananobi, you know, people were talking about three protected picks. I mean, if, if you were to do RJ, I, I think at most that counts as one protected pick. Or, sorry, unprotected picks. I meant unprotected for all those. Um, so you would need two unprotected picks, RJ. Like, I, I think it would take, like, two unprotected picks, RJ and Obi, to get... OG Ananobi and maybe yeah, even I'm, like the Dallas pick and something else. I'm not doing that about uh -huh. the Knicks. Um, that might just be an OG thing, but I do. I think you're probably right. He's probably like one first round pick now, which yeah. is not where he was at, at least in our eyes this past trade deadline, considering what we offered for Mitchell and what they ended up getting. Uh, right. Right. But I think so. Part of me is like, we got to ride this out and see what we can get. He he still has the nights where he goes for 30 and he's attacking the basket yeah. and he looks great. But more often than not, he's, you know, shooting six for 19 and missing free throws down the stretch yeah. and looking like he's not playing that hard. Uh, and it just is not, you know, I don't want to start with the negative because I do, I feel very good about this team right now, but he is... I find myself wandering to him every game, you know, watching him and feeling frustrated. Yeah. Uh, in both his, his talent, his development, and the way he fits with his team. Yeah. And sometimes he has those games where he's actually getting to the basket well, but he can't shoot at all from three. So since all he could do is get to the basket, he feels like he has to do that every time and is just missing some open passes. Um, yeah, he's definitely been the disappointment. And as far as crunch time lineups go, I mean, you know, Brunson and Randall and Mitch are going to be out there. And then I think usually it's going to be quickly and, and Josh Hart. I mean, quickly has been, I think probably their best wing. Cause he's been really good defensively. And like this, the, the advanced stats kind of back that up. He hasn't shot that well this year, but in a lot of other areas quickly has been pretty good. Yeah, and the rebounding is just, he's just so funny. He tries so hard every play, yeah. great from the line. I love, don't get me wrong from what I was saying before, I absolutely love him. Yeah. Um, I have the whole time. I just don't know if he's sort of an, a, a, a marker of our ability to, to develop talent. But yeah, and I even, I like Grimes over RJ in crunch time. Yeah. I feel like he's missed a few sort of key shots in, in close games down the stretch, but I'd rather him still be the one taking them over RJ. Did you did you happen to watch the Rising Stars game? I did. I caught it. Oh, Grimes was <laughs> Grimes was like just balling. He was like the the primary ball handler, crossing guys over. It was that was impressive. It's like yeah, and I we mean, saw I, that in that game and in summer league this past year. Just what Grimes could actually do. That's exactly what I was going to say. It reminded me of summer league where he actually play makes. I don't know if that means like leading a second unit. The Knicks mm -hmm. are just a little too deep, I guess, to give him that opportunity right now. But he's great. He shoots like sixty percent on twos. I mean, he doesn't take that many, but he 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 can actually score inside the arc, which he sort of doesn't have that reputation. He's kind yeah. of a classic three and D kind of reputation guy. But I love his game, and he also plays really hard, mm -hmm. plays great defense. And I think when this team starts to sort of frustrate me or when they have these sort of down stretches, it's when Randall and, and some of the other guys get down and stop playing with sort of passion and aggression. And uh, I think these younger guys, they don't sort of turn the switch on and off in that same way. So I'm just happier uh, when they're out there. Yeah. Um, he 
might be an example to your point of the limits of Tom Thibodeau um, and just the way he thinks he's like has a very conventional rotation and everybody has kind of a role and it's not really the like new positionless basketball where Grimes um, in, in an NBA game is probably not going to get to do some of that stuff. And who knows if he ever will with, with Tibbs as coach. The other thing for me with Tibbs that has annoyed me this year. Uh, now it's a little bit moot because Josh with Josh Hart, there's not really that much playing time available for Obi Toppin. Um, but the minutes for Obi, like I, I, I understand. I, I understand the part of wanting the traditional center and rim protector. So not playing Obi and Randall together as the four and five. But even then, I, 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 he never would play Obi, say, at the three to get him more minutes. And especially at times when they had to rely on Fournier or Deuce McBride, who, who is, I, li- I really like Deuce McBride, um, or just like playing quickly 42 minutes or whatever when they were shorthanded <laughs> at times. Like, why not play? He he could only, he's just so tunnel visioned and he could only see Obi as a four, either playing starting as a starting four or backup four and which in it was backup most of the time like like you know you look at orlando and they're playing franz wagner who's the same height as obi i think taller than obi is playing starting at the three so other teams like they'll go more positionless and be a little more off script and tibbs just can't do that which is very frustrating yeah i i frankly was kind of hoping that they traded ob just because i love him Mm -hmm. and i feel like he's not going to get the chance here yeah Uh, as long as randall is someone who i want to be on the team ob just doesn't really have a meaningful role uh but i do think early on tibbs tibbs did play the two of them together he did try he Uh, did in the beginning yeah and it it didn't go well and all last year i was screaming from the rooftops like play these dudes together we have no and same with the Atlanta series when we fall from the playoffs. You know, Randall was not very good alongside Nerlens or, or someone like that or Sims. So I was like screaming, get him out there with Obi. But his Obi and Randall's limitations really get amplified. Yeah, when they were out there together, and I I hadn't really thought about playing a kind of bigger lineup, but I do think it's worth a shot. He he was hitting his threes this year, Obi. He was hitting him so, really well. Yeah. Yeah, that's what like pissed me off is, okay, fine. You don't want to play him and Randall at the 4-5. Why not try him at the 3, especially when you needed an extra wing, but it just wasn't yeah, there he, for him. It, it's, it is bizarre. I think Tibbs deserves a lot of credit this year because yeah. for the most part, he has switched the rotations in a way that most fans have been calling for. Mm-hmm. And I think, so for instance, Cam Radish falls out entirely. I think as a player... uh Tibbs probably would have preferred Reddish over Fournier before the before the trade, but I think he sort of like you're saying he's married to these to these rotations and he wants to sort of leave like the status quo in as much as possible and just mm-hmm. put like some old dude who won't really expect his minutes to remain once the injured guys come back. You know, like it's not it's it's this old school way of sort of not upsetting the apple cart and just keeping his guys in and keeping the bench guys as bench guys and not messing with that. Um, I agree that it's stupid, but for the most part, he has done the major rotational changes that we want. I agree. That's why a lot of this is nitpicking, but overall, overall, I think things are great for the Knicks this year. Um, And Tibbs has overall been good. But as far as OB goes, I think come next year, you can only have two of the three between Randall, Obi, and Tibbs. Either <laughs> Tibbs has to go so you can play them together, or one of the players has to go. And I don't think Tibbs is going, at least not this coming off season. And uh, Randall yeah. probably not, unless I mean, who knows? But actually, let's let's talk. Let's move to like kind of a big picture off season stuff. Um, okay. So you said you didn't want them to do the Donovan Mitchell trade at the time. I was with you because I thought that's the kind of you, the big trade, anytime you make a big trade where it's like three or four unprotected picks, um, 
you you kind of you better it better be your last move. It, you better be one guy away, and that's the one guy that gets you there because you kind of have no more moves to make after that. And I didn't think there were one guy away, and I wasn't also wasn't sure if Donovan Mitchell was that one guy. Um, they're much better than I thought they were. So, yeah, how many guys away do you think they are <laughs> at this point? So I think well, Brunson is just way better than we all thought. He'd yeah. Be. Randall's playing better. And I do think with Mitchell, they just slot into that Cleveland spot. So sort of tier one B in the East below the three sort of juggernauts who people are having fun with, and maybe they'll make the Eastern conference finals, but no one's really expecting them to, to win the championship. Uh, I think with the Knicks, when, when you were saying you don't make a move like that, unless it's your last move, I generally agree. Mm-hmm. However, the Knicks, or perhaps an exception. And I know in our entire lifetime, they haven't actually signed a key free agent or been able to attract talent like that. However, if a team with Brunson and Mitchell and Randall and a lot of young assets could either make a trade or attract, you know, one of these disgruntled superstars could sort of push his way to the Knicks or the Knicks could just sign someone in free agency, though the latter seems more unlikely in uh, today's NBA. So I think... yeah. I think they are one superstar and then one guy below superstar mm-hmm. away from being really competitive in the current, in the current NBA. Yeah. The the part with hoping for free agency, not so much like, Oh, we got burned with KD, that kind of thing. It's more just, it would have to be a sign and trade. Cause you'd already be at the max once you trade for that superstar and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, I'm kind of there with you. I think what the Knicks were hoping for with Donovan Mitchell was that they would not have to give, they would be able to make a trade like that and still have enough assets left over to make a big trade for a disgruntled superstar. But Ainge wasn't relenting. Um, so either they make a trade like that this offseason for another very good but not superstar player and still have a lot of chips left, or they... Um, you know, or they keep developing their these their young core, and eventually somebody really pops. Maybe Grimes becomes like a Jalen Brown or something. Um, or the third option is the summer. Not this summer. There aren't really any good, great free agents, but the summer after, there are potentially a lot of great unrestricted free agents in um, guys who can't be extended for the max at this point, but are probably max players, and that's. Jalen Brown, um, DeMontis Sabonis, who I don't obviously wouldn't fit with Randall, but Jalen Brown, Sabonis, um, DeJounte Murray, OG Ananobi, and actually DeMar DeRozan, um, who still could play. So, yeah, you know, again, don't want to count on free agents, but 2024 free agency, if we could make room for free agent there, get one of the, like, Jalen Brown would be amazing. If you had like Brunson Brown, you probably have to at that point to make room cap space have to give up one of RJ or Randall, which is fine. Um, and the other one still there, then it's like you're now a disgruntled superstar away with all your trade chips. And and on top of that, I'm I'm, I'm okay with passing on Mitchell. You know, some people say you shouldn't wait for the perfect trade, but I think you kind of can because these disgruntled free agents or these disgruntled superstar players, they get disgruntled all the time and want to get some trades all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, free agency isn't really free agency anymore. Yeah. It's, do you have the assets to make a trade for the next superstar who's going to sign the max and 18 months later demand a trade? Uh, and I think the Knicks are in a really good position to do that. They're going to be for at least a couple more years. I think one issue, though, is all of these guys that we've been talking about are going to be getting paid a minimum of $15 million a year. The Knicks guys, yeah, Grimes, Quickly, uh, you know, even OB, these guys are going to demand some money. We got off Reddish, so that's one contract we've avoided. But I think Josh Hart, of course, I don't know what his contract is, but he's going to be getting paid. So if we do that, we sort of lose this young core, mm-hmm. this young sort of like gritty, exciting hard-nosed team that I now like and sounds like you've been really enjoying too. So I do think it's it's tricky. 
you know, you got to find the balance between not stripping the whole team for parts to sign a free agent. Yeah. But also figuring out, I, you know, I don't like the, the timeline stuff is kind of complicated, but you, there is a timeline here because all these guys got to get paid in a couple of years. And then it really limits our ability to bring in anyone else. Yeah. There is also a timeline with Randall and Brunson because they're both, I mean, they're, they're both in their in this, in the middle of their prime right now. And they're not old, but they're in their, they're like 26, 20, 28, maybe Randall 26 for Brunson. So it's probably, and they're on both on good contracts. So it's on these contracts that you maybe want to go for it with, if you're going to go for it with Brunson and Randall. And we have enough chip assets, I think, to make a trade. Even the, the Mitchell trade wouldn't, wouldn't have stripped us, stripped us of all of our assets, uh, I think. If, if it was, well, it would have stripped us of a lot of assets. I think we would have maybe, what it sounds like they were asking for was RJ and three unprotected picks. And yeah, we, I, I think the story was that they wanted RJ and three and we were saying RJ and two. Yeah. Uh, but either way, that still leaves the Knicks with OB and Grimes and quickly. And I know I was just saying I don't want to strip the whole team yeah, apart. Yeah. But at a, you know, when you when you are one move away, right, then those guys start to make sense in a package for some real they like do. above average role players. For maybe for an above average role player, yeah. Like yeah. an OG and OB. But um yeah, unfortunately it seems like teams are paying so many draft picks right now in trades, trading them like they're <laughs> like they're cheap things that you trade um, yeah. <laughs> that doing it. in so much that I think any team that is trading a superstar or star level player is going to be asking for the draft picks. So it's the unprotected picks that you really got to save for that last move. Yeah. Yeah. So it, that, that, and that I think gets to sort of the crux of my, conflict as a Knicks fan today. Mm -hmm. I'm loving this team. I'm excited to see what's going to happen. I think they should be able to get a top six seed. Mm -hmm. If you look at strength of schedule and, you know, the other moves that were made, yeah. they have a pretty clear path uh, to, you know, having a guaranteed spot in the first round. And that excites me. Uh, but at the same time, probably losing that first round. And then we will have this sort of uncertain future where it's not clear what steps we can make, if any, to get past that sort of level of the team. So you balance the, do I love to just have a fun team to root for for 82 games? Or do I want to sort of figure out a way to blow this thing up in a way that's going to actually keep us really competitive? Yeah. Um yeah, it looked especially dim early in the season where the team was not doing very well, and it was like we're, we're kind of like not bad enough to compete for the number one draft pick and and build that way. And this this front office doesn't seem to be interested in building through through the draft or in that style. Um, but I, I feel a little bit better now with Brunson popping the way he has. I feel like maybe one or two more moves marginal moves like the Josh Hart move that makes you a could make you maybe the Knicks get to next year where they're like the four seed and more legitimately the four seed maybe then they're with a bunch of good role players or one superstar away yeah and I I mean the road to the five seed is conceivable for the Knicks yeah and that yeah. puts us in a spot where maybe we do get to the second round uh you know I think Cleveland's beatable we've had good games against them this year and I just, I, I'm excited for that, but I yeah. still feel, and even this, this Josh Hart trade, which at the moment looks great, right? But we're giving up a pick that's going to be in probably the low twenties. Mm -hmm. And this front office has nailed those picks. It really has. As, as much as we want to, as, as much as Knicks fans shit on them, they have nailed the mid twenties yeah, picks. Absolutely. And we prop. I think the only first round picks that were traded at this deadline were for Durant, Kyrie, to get <laughs> off of Russell Westbrook and for Josh Hart. <laughs> that is really So funny. when you think about it like that, it's kind of a tough pill to swallow, right? Like it's a great I, I love him and they you know, him and uh I don't know if you played backyard sports when you were a kid, but him and uh 
him and Jalen Brunson remind me of the two brothers in backyard baseball where when you had them on the same team, they both got much better. That's uh, their vibe when they're in okay. the backcourt. They like unlock each other in yeah. a very fun and exciting way. Uh, they, it, it's going to be a fun trade, but it's like, I don't know. That's not the move that, <laughs> that's not the move that's necessarily going to put us in this position that you were just talking about to like get the next disgruntled star or get one closer to just one guy away. Yeah. I think it does. I do think it does get us a little closer. Um, and I think Josh Hart has been a good fit, but we'll see. He's been good over the past, the three games that he's been there. We'll see how he is over the last third of the season. And, um, yeah, the, the, it is unfortunate to give up a pick, but we still have the Dallas pick this year. And there's actually a chance we get the Washington pick this year if they make the playoffs because it's top 14 protected and they're in the play-in right now. So that's, wow. that's a fun one to watch and a good draft too. If they could like become the 15th pick, then have the Dallas and Washington pick. Maybe could combine, trade up, who knows? Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, yeah, any last thoughts on the next? Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you, I, I was thinking about it this morning. Is Jalen Brunson the best free agent the Knicks have signed in the last 30 years? I think the answer is yes. Sorry, I'm jumping the gun. Uh-huh. I think the answer is yes, and that it's not even close. Okay. But you go ahead. I think it's, um, yeah, I think he might be. I guess the other the other nominee would be Alan Houston, right? Yeah, but... You know, I mean, Brunson is more of, a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking more Amare. I mean, Tyson Chandler won Defensive Player of the Year. Right. Amare had a half season that was, you know, MVP level, yes. but then we all know how that yeah. ended. Tyson I think Chandler, so, Defensive Player of the Year, and Alan Houston, who then ended up on the worst contract in yeah, NBA history right. and totally altering the course of the Knicks franchise for 15 years. As, as crazy as, as it sounds, you also have to put. Randall as as one of the good free agent signings to all star teams. It's it's hard to believe, but I would say I agree with you. It's Brunson. I mean, Brunson should have been. I would have put him in the all star game over Randall. He's been more important to this Knicks team and is just a joy to watch and has been averaging over thirty points a game for the past month or so. Yeah, he's just. It's really unbelievable. unbelievable. All right. Well, we go from current Knicks to past teams of some sports as we uh, do a little sports history. And we have a sports history lesson from our good friend, Bert Carlson. Hello. Hello. Yeah, Bert, you're on TV. Hello. Yeah, what's up, Bert? Hey. Oh, it's Mary. And, uh... Hey, Larry and Max. Good evening. How, 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 are, you, how, how are the gentlemen doing today? Gentlemen are doing well. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> Max? Yeah, doing, doing well as well. Nice. Well, all, all is well that's uh, the, 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 the described as well. Yeah. Bert, you're doing well as, as well? No, I'm at the, I'm, I'm in a pit of despair, but, you know, it's all, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a relativity uh, lesson is what I'm learning right now. Oh yeah, studying some physics. Yeah, it feels more like a metaphysical uh, application mm-hmm. therein, uh, rather than you know actual you know, uh, physics. It's a met- met- metaphys- uh, metaphysics professor once, and he was a uh, uh, he was a rather benign fella, but uh, yeah, he had a, he had a, he had a good spirit, and he uh, he he could drink lagers all day. <laughs> yeah, he he was a good. He was spirit a painful bloke. Spirit. Yeah. Painful? How? Uh, well, I mean, well, he was covered in tumors. <laughs> so he was. He was. So he was benign. Yeah, really, he was benign, but his tumors were not. Oh, man. That's correct. But I tell you, uh, he, he definitely taught me a lot about relativity, and thank God he wasn't a relative of mine because I didn't want that gentleman's DNA inside inside my double helix anywhere. Right. You want that double helix pure and. Yeah. Yeah, get the frick out of here, right? Yeah. That's, a, that's a deep cut. That's a deep. I'm drinking seltzer. <laughs> you said get the so frick what's, out what's, of here? I did. I get the frick out of here. That's a, that's, that's, that's a, that's a, you'll, you'll Google it later. Frick. I, I was thinking maybe Crick, like Watson and Crick. Well, you were 
<laughs> for you, Ernst. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll Google what the frick. Get the frick out of here. Go back the truck up, right? So, gentlemen, what are we? Uh, what are we hyperbolizing this evening? Well, we were talking about the New York Knicks and how they're doing this season. Knickerbockers, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm actually legally not allowed to talk about the, the, the that that team. Really? They, uh, I'm, I'm prohibited from ever. I've got another 75 years left on my 175 year contract of not being able to discuss the, uh, <laughs> uh, the, 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 the team, team known as the basketball team yes. from New York. That's correct. These days is a, is a, is a, 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 a sport that's taken the nation called pickleball. Have you, have you heard of this pickleball? Yeah, I have heard of it. I've never played it. Max, have you ever played pickleball? I have not, but I've been meaning to. They just installed courts right outside my house. Really? They're just normal courts. I think they, I'm sure they just splashed up a pickleball sign on the side of it and just go in when people aren't playing tennis. I think that's how that runs. I guess so. But, I've seen them do it at a playground near near where I live where people set up. It's a much shorter net. So it's, it's not oh. quite a tennis court. And they draw out these squares in like chalk. It's like hopscotch, well, see, they, basically. It's hopscotch. <laughs> oh, see, I must have. I must have a completely different. I thought it was like an old. I thought it was just a remake of an old sport that we used to have back in the day. We called shit bucket. <laughs> I'm not familiar with shit bucket. How, what are the rules to that? The rules are. Yeah. Uh, you have one of the rules shit, cards. But, no, no, there was no card. This is a gentleman's handshake. <laughs> Uh, and you did all the handshaking before the tournament. After after the after the match is played, you don't want to. You don't want to touch uh, it's, anybody. It's, it's, no, no, it's best to not. Uh, it's best to go immediately to an emergency care unit. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was a. Uh, it, it had to be your own shit, but uh, that was pretty much it. It was you know whoever's bucket and uh, you know so buckets also a relative term I learned. Um, a lot of things can 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 be construed as a bucket if you're uh, playing a game where there's you know where chaos reigns. It's true. You know, you know, it's interesting um, since we're talking about physics, um, you know, solids have their own shape. Liquids take the shape of their bucket, yeah. but don't necessarily fill it. And gas true. takes the shape of its bucket and fills it. Absolutely. I'm sure that I'm sure that comes into play when you're playing shit bucket. That's <laughs> a huge part of the technique. You know, I'll be honest. I was, uh, uh, I was part of a team called the Rectums. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you really think about it, the ass sphincter is probably the smartest muscle on the entire human body. I mean, you know, the, the human beings, uh, you know, they, they talk about human beings coming, you know, coming of age uh, with the advent of, you know, opposable thumbs. But mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you. I don't think if give me an ass sphincter and then give me a hand, I'm pretty sure I'll take the ass sphincter when it comes to dividing up you know, d- d- telling the difference between a, a solid, a gas, and a liquid, you know, wouldn't you have split seconds, you know? It's uh, it's it's not 100%, but, you know, it's got a high it's a high success rate, much higher than a hand. Wow. And I don't you're... care how many disposable thumbs you've got. <laughs> I'm guessing in the pros, that reaction time is, is like a second could be the difference between winning a chip bucket and losing a chip bucket. It clutch. <laughs> absolutely absolutely necessary uh because really th- th- here's the thing nobody wins in shit bucket but but not losing is how you win if that makes sense because losing uh well you've got to dispose of the shit bucket so um and you know the real losers are the ones who are, are the people who are actually used as the bucket uh those are some really terrible tournaments um a lot of people i know didn't come back from that Wow. It was. Uh, I'm glad this. I'm glad this sport has disappeared into the annals of, of time. <laughs> uh, well, you said it. Maybe it has come back because it reminds you of pickleball. Yeah, just because it's stupid, and I don't want anything to oh, do with it. Okay, okay. I have a question though about your NDA with the basketball team of New York. Um, so you said you have a you have 75 years left, so 100 years ago. Um, 
I'll, I'll, I'll grant you that <laughs> that happened 100 years ago. I'm not sure if the New York Knicks existed 100 years ago. Well, well, they prorated it. They rounded up. Yeah. I, oh, I, okay. I, <laughs> you got to round about up. that. But, you know, it's uh, again, you know, hey, it's a, it's a lesson in relativity. Relativity is, is everywhere and in everything. Sure. You know, Elvis is everywhere and Elvis is everything. Yeah. Have Elvis you seen... is everybody, but relativity is still the king. Have you seen everything everywhere all at once? Just kidding. I was pretending like I was frozen. Uh, yes, I have. <laughs> it was an amazing, that was an absolutely amazing movie. Yeah. Uh, it was a film. It was cinema. It was, uh, it was worth my time. Well, I was upside was... down, so it didn't make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> I was upside down. It was, I was having extreme tinnitus due to the blood rushing to the, to the, to the, to the anvils and the hammers in my ears. But, uh, you know, hey, it's uh, we each party, you know, a different uh, different way. <laughs> we each party our own way. Max, were you absolutely asking something? Yeah, what about Elvis? You see that? Elvis, the, you know, I lived through Elvis. I don't need to see a I don't need to see a fictionalized version of of that guy's life. He's a he came and went, and it. Let's just let let it be. <laughs> Did you see it? Did you enjoy it, Max? Oh God, no! I um, couldn't. I couldn't be less interested in a movie. Wow, see, so so basically, you're saying Elvis is the shit bucket of movies. <laughs> yeah, that's what it sounds like, more or less. Yeah. So, well, so you said your words, not mine. It was a direct quote from you. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh, back to your NDA. <laughs> what What caused you to get banned from talking about the the New York basketball team? Well, see, back back in those days, uh, back back in the early whatever century that was, I'm not I'm not really a math guy. Uh, see, back in those days, I was a traveling barber. Mm-hmm. Mostly, I was getting kicked out of places. So, uh, running and uh, you know, running with scissors never really pays off. As I found when I got to New York City, uh, there was they were they were playing a game of. Uh, Something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really want to say. I'm not. I'm not allowed to say what they were playing. It well, you're allowed to say the name of the sport, right? No, I'm not supposed to. Not, you can't uh, even say the word basketball. I'm not supposed. You said it, not me. Um, <laughs> besides, this wasn't legitimate basketball. This, uh, <laughs> not at all. This was. This was severed pig heads and you know just laundry baskets. It was nothing serious, but they they took it very seriously and. Uh, uh, and well, I, you know, I ran up on a few of them, unfortunately, uh, in the middle of a pickup game. Uh, and I say pickup game because I was running with scissors and I cut off appendages and they had to pick them up. Uh, <laughs> no longer was there a basket, in, you know, a basket involved. It was just nothing but a pile of entrails. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like that'll get you banned. Again, I was just faking. <laughs> You're good really at enjoy that. that. Thank you. I got, I've gotten better as I get along. Yeah, it, uh, you know, it's, I, I like to think of it as a misunderstanding, and they like to think of it as a you know, you're not allowed to, to exist in our world anymore. So, uh, you know, we we it was it was an amicable divorce on my part. Okay, good. Um, it's gonna be hard to book you again on this show if you can't talk about basketball. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's, it it is definitely tough. There are workarounds, <laughs> there are reacharounds that we could we we could we could uh, figure out for this. Uh, you know, patch. There's, there's patch quilts. I, I, I believe in your. I don't creativity. know if you're a tech guy. I'm a tech Clearly guy, I so I know about patch quilts. Yeah. Um. Okay. So you've give, you've so far given us a lot of history. Um. That's how the term pickup basketball got invented. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. It's. Uh, I mean, I didn't say. I can't say I coined it, but I was. Uh. uh I was. You know. Um, I was arrested and uh, handcuffed and shackled on the premises when it came about. Right. Did you serve any time, yeah. or they just made you sign an NDA? <laughs> uh, well, you know, actually, as a matter of fact, back then, uh, you know, speaking of opposable thumbs, I actually had uh, I had very recently broken both of my wrists in a in a in a in a pretty brutal sumo wrestling accident. Uh, so I uh, I was able to extended uh, uh, my hands, I extended my opposable thumbs whenever they were putting the shackles around them, and then I just slapped them together and broke them, and and then I, I, I slid it on my way. I actually. Uh, you know, I, I lived in the East River for three days. 
I'm, I'm trying to picture this. You're, you slapped your wrist don't, together. Don't, don't try to. Because they were already broken, It was you were able to escape the handcuffs? Correct. Correct. Okay. Because they were broken in a previous sumo endeavor, and then you hit out in the East River. I had, well, you had to. I, I couldn't step <laughs> foot on land. They were, they, were looking, they were looking for me. They had, all the, they had every rat. They had uh, every person. <laughs> every blood uh, rat. They find. Every actual rat within every, uh, you oh, know, every within like, every, yeah. everybody who couldn't keep an actual secret. I don't know how they got the rats to actually, you know, <laughs> but I mean, if you ever get the rat king against you, you're the odds you're facing are pretty, you know, substantial. Yeah, it's rare that when we have an administration in New York City where the rat king is aligned with the mayor, but that was one of them. It, it just lined up like the pyramids of Giza. When you were hiding out in the East River, um, at that time, what was the feces? Yeah, what was the feces content around then? Content. Well, it was actually, as a matter of fact, just think of it as a as, as firmament. I was actually floating underneath it, uh, popping up. You know, every now and then you could, as if it was glacial. You could, I would go beneath the water, and every now and then I would, I would look up, and there would be a light colored spot in the darkness, and mm. that would be, and that would actually be where there were. You know, uh, it, it was like a bubble with air inside. So I would come up and, and I would put my mouth and my nose in there and inhale. And unfortunately, it was methane. So oftentimes I woke up and I was even further down the river. And it'd be, you know, it'd be hours later because I had inhaled, you know. Uh, well, it was it was, it was, wow. it was high it was high high feces quantity. You know what you, you could have used um, if you had one, which I guess you didn't, but maybe you did. Uh, an elongated tusk like a narwhal has that they used to pierce ice so they could come up to take a breath. Well, son of a bitch, I did have a narwhal <laughs> tusk on me, as a matter of fact. I can't believe I'm only just And now, you didn't I'm think of everything. it? Oh, my God. It didn't even occur to me. I was using it to, I was using it to propel myself on the bottom. No, that's a, that's a misconception. That's not what narwhals use their tusks for. Their tusk for. That's... That's what I used it for. I used it because I had I had ripped it off. I was going to trade it to a shaman for for a bouquet of bald eagle feathers. <laughs> Couldn't find him anymore. Right, shaman had skipped town by the time you got out of the East River. Well, you know, actually, the, the more I think about it, the more, there might not have actually been a shaman anywhere. I mean, I was I was living underneath fecal matter for a couple of days. You got to realize I don't even. It might not have been a narwhal horn. You know, maybe it was like a femur bone that I had found. <laughs> it was a rat femur. <laughs> a giant rat femur. You got to watch out. You know, hey, hey, you know, what do they call when rats like get jumbled together and their tails get, was it a, a rat goblin? What is it? Rat's called? nest? No, it's not a rat's nest. That's where rats. That's, that's where rats live. No, no, it's an actual thing. It's like it's a it's an entity where they have where rats become so uh, something gets in there and the tails get all, all all mangled and they get tied together and they can't get away and they actually eat each other. Wow, Max, do you know what this is called? <laughs> the lifelong New Yorker. I've never seen a rat goblet, a rat nest, or anything. Well, well, you gotta look learn. in the right places. <laughs> You're clearly on. You're a surface level New Yorker. <laughs> Go below ground. All right. Well, I know you're not allowed to use the word basketball, but maybe you could use the word NBA. <laughs> oh, you're frozen again. He's frozen again. Oh no, you did it. Legit. All right, Nuba. Nuba, like in the air up there. Um, Absolutely. I was a background <laughs> in, in, in the era there. Did you know that? I didn't. I'll have to rewatch it. Yeah, back then I had a really, uh, I had a horn growing out of my head. So they just put me in the back to the water buffalo. <laughs> right. It was, it was too expensive to command. get actual water buffalo. Well, yeah, well, you know, they're, they're, they're inconsiderate. They've got their own agenda. I had nothing else going on. Yeah. yeah, they filmed it in Minnesota. A lot of people don't understand them. They don't realize that. Oh, okay. No, I didn't know that. It's a good fact. Um, okay. It's a real so, fact. <laughs> real fact. Actual fact. <laughs> uh, yeah, who's going to win the NBA championship this year? Uh, probably uh, <laughs> all of them. They're, they're all going to win equally. 
Share the title. Well, let's let's make it easier for you. Which which no NBA idea. team names can you actually say out loud? I can say the uh, San Antonio Mavericks. No, no longer a team. They, oh, former team. Uh, I, I could I can still say them uh, in the uh, Seattle SuperSonics. Of course, they love me in Seattle. I have no idea why. I've never been to the city, but they love me there. Big they fans. absolutely love me. Yeah. The Supersonics, is that still a team? It's not, no. They moved to Oklahoma City. Oh, how, how recently? <laughs> uh, somewhere between 10 and 15 years ago. Time to be in Oklahoma City. <laughs> yeah, have you ever been? Of course not. I can't I can't set foot in the state of Oklahoma. I'm not allowed. <laughs> Let alone the city. Exactly, exactly. Unless it's one of those like Kansas City things where nah, it's, you it's know not. You, you got two in different oh okay. Well that makes sense. <laughs> there are actually 15, have... there are actually fifteen Kansas cities. Shit. Yeah. It's like Salem. <laughs> Man, Kansas City just they just give them out to anybody. Get a big pile of garbage. Floating off in the Pacific Islands. Call it Kansas Oklahoma City. City. Never mind. <laughs> I'm gonna drop it. All right. Um well anything else? Um, sports. Yeah. Sports history. That's what you called me up for, right? I, I figured you already gave us history. You got more? Of course I got let's, more. Let's I've hear always it, baby. got more. It ne- <laughs> never stops around here. It's a circus. This is a carousel of insanity. Some would call it a rat race. Oh, all right. It stopped. It stopped. I had to stop there. I, I ran into the desk. <laughs> what, what 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 day is it? Um, it's February twenty first. Twenty first. Oh, of course. It was the day that NASCAR got incorporated. Really? Yeah. Do you know about NASCAR, the National Association of Stock Car Racing? Wow. Um. Yeah. I would. I wouldn't have, off the top of my head, been able to say what it stood for, but. Well, that's that, that's why you have an expert on. It. <laughs> yeah. So on we February twenty first, it became incorporated. February twenty first, nineteen forty eight, it became an actual, an actual incorporated entity. Oh wow! Um, Before that, it was just a bunch of jackasses. You you, you can go anywhere. You, they had rules. Every every little uh, every racetrack had their own rules, and then they, you know, an owner of the racetrack or a producer. But a producer of the event could take off with all the winnings and no one gets anything. So, you know, eventually they had to, uh, yeah. you know, starting down in Daytona, they had to, you know, they had to begin the process of, uh, you know, uh, standardization, as it were. Oh, wow. Smartest thing to ever come out of Daytona, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Daytona. And also, a lot of people don't realize this, but Anna Nicole Smith had a cousin from Daytona. <laughs> I did not realize that. It was a distant cousin, thrice removed, but it still, it counts. Okay. So, Anna Nicole Smith, oh, wow, had a cousin in Daytona. So From Daytona, but moved immediately. <laughs> was born and immediately shipped out four hours after birth. Um, yeah, any, anything else you could tell us about um, the incorporation of NASCAR? <laughs> Were you there for any yeah, of these... A pre, any any interesting tales from the races both before the incorporation and after? You know, you know, you know. Back back in those days, yeah. As a matter of fact, you know, I was I was uh, in and out of Appalachia quite quite often back in those days. I was a I was a bit of a hobo. I rode the rails a lot, mm-hmm. you know, um, doing a lot of doing coke. rails. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. You get it. Larry gets it. Larry knows all about this. That's how, that's why Larry brought me on. Oh, yeah, no, I, I know all about it. Back then, I was uh, uh, I was second fiddle to a guy named Aaron Aronofsky. No relation. No relation to the film director. No relation to the film director. But uh, it was it was me, it was Aaron, and it was Greg T. Nelson. <laughs> no relation to Craig T. Nelson. Not at all. It's <laughs> the most absurd set of uh, <laughs> coincidental names that you, you're likely to come across this day. I mean, yeah, back in those days, you know, a lot of people talk about the, the NASCAR tradition coming from bootleggers. But what they don't realize as well is that, well, it was, I got to tell you, it had a lot to do with underground kinesiology. <laughs> okay. 
kinesiologist. Yeah, right? explain uh, what, what, a, what does a kinesiologist do? Kinesiology. He studied, well, a kinesiologist studies kinesiology. It's right. the science of movement. Mm-hmm. Aren't you an athlete? Yeah, Aren't yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, guy? I mean, Don't I know, you know of like, kin- yeah, kinesio tape, right? A kinesiologist. Kinesio tape. <laughs> Is that what they call you're pra- it? You're practically a kinesiologist <laughs> yourself. You, you might as well incorporate. So the study of movement and motion, and right? Kinetics, the body's kinetics. Right, 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 right. How and the skeletal system. <laughs> skeletons inside all of us man all right uh so nascar at one point was the underground kinesiology movement it was a whole circuit absolutely they had because uh, not only that what they would do is they, they would go from event to event they would go from race to race and along the way not only would you know the the the, the, the alcohol that they were bootlegging Okay, are you with mm-hmm. me? It, it, it was much, rather than being like a, an actual proof alcohol or like a beer, it was much closer to today. What we actually refer to as formaldehyde. Yeah. So what they would do, they would do, you know, these days you have, you know, there are, there are methamphetamine trucks running around. You know what I'm talking about? They're actually like meth labs and like car trunks and uh, they go they go around that's what and they're mobile so they, they don't do that kind of they can't get caught unless they explode because they're terrible people right that's what methamphetamines are today in the appalachia god rest his soul but back then it was all about <laughs> theology and body parts so what they would do is whenever they were getting hooch yeah in the hooch in north carolina up a couple of toes in there maybe a calf muscle or two you know, throwing a couple of, uh, uh, I don't know, Achilles tendons. You mean for studying? For the sake of studying these body parts? They were just trying to get high. But, and, you know, <laughs> and make a little money from the body parts along the way. But, uh, you know, the, the, the trickle-down effect, you know. Because by the time you got to Daytona from a, you know, from a three-week, uh, you know, kinesiology trip, you know, in the back of a, in the back of some sort of, you know, like a Plymouth, yeah. You, know, you got like a Plymouth Bonneville, you know, <laughs> full of like, you know, a 55 gallon drum full of formaldehyde, you know, random body parts you passed along the way. It's, you know, by the time you get down there, it's like hunch punch, you know, you just pop a couple of digits in your mouth. You don't even have to drink it. You just eat it. And you go drive for four or five hours in circles. Like it makes a lot more sense if you know the history of the whole thing. Yeah, well, I, I did not know that so, so well, a lot of people don't a lot of yeah. people don't they don't talk about that anymore yeah i'm guessing the driving around in circles had something to do with like where getting rid of the kinesiology formaldehyde smell or i don't know well you know you know i could i can see the uh, i can see how the intuition would lead to that but but that would be if you, if you if you can believe it it all came about because of a pun <laughs> well uh, kind of a pun it was more of a joke you know you know there's a, there's a saying that two wrongs don't make a right you know what i'm talking about right well <laughs> somebody somebody told you know it was a dick petty his name was dick petty he went on to have you know uh, right, right he had kids and grandkids uh, you know legendary but someone told dick petty once you know two wrongs don't make a right but three lefts do just started <laughs> taking lefts that was it just some his car ran out of gas some argument okay so so some argument on the kinesiology trail as they would call it and a pun you could three lefts don't make you could always tell body parts all over on the side of the road it was you know (laughs) that's how you knew you were getting close to the racetrack absolutely the smell wow it was also also along the coastline so Every now and then, you know, if they got too too close to the coastline, uh, you can also see it glowing in the dark because of bioluminescent creatures coming out of the gunk. Ah, good way to find the track. Now, Absolutely. maybe I, I missed where you said this. Um, so we're, you know, you were talking about how you have mobile meth labs, but back in that day, you had Plymouth Bonneville's as mobile formaldehyde kinesiology labs. 
Well, they didn't call them. They didn't call them that. But yeah, roughly. So were these mobile the cars that were used as these mobile labs for body parts storing and trading and eating? Were they what were used to? Were those the race cars? Actually, they went on to become ambulances. <laughs> That's yeah. It's <laughs> now, right? Yeah, it makes sense now. Yeah, yeah. You already you already have the infrastructure for moving body parts. You throw it out, you know. You, you pull up to a, a tragic site. You're looking for stock, right? You're looking for you know. You got beef stock. You got chicken <laughs> stock. Well, you got to have stock. So you uh, just pull up to a you know a okay, sort so, of catastrophe. Yeah, yeah. So back then, when NASCAR was first incorporated, especially on these shoreline places. Um, you know, the, 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 if you needed a body wins, part, just you know, go to a go to an accident, go to the site of an accident, or cause one, or cause one in a race. Cause one, yeah. Now you're catching now on. Now I'm baby. catching on. <laughs> so who's going to win the NBA championship? <laughs> you know, probably, who's playing? Dick Petty, <laughs> Laurie Petty. Dick Petty. Lori Petty, yeah. you know, Lori Petty, actually, a lot of people don't realize that. They realize that she's part of the NASCAR lineage and that she's also an actress. A lot of people don't realize she's actually seven feet tall. <laughs> wow. I did not notice that. Yeah. The magic of camera. Angle. They must like Gina Davis must have been on stilts. Absolutely. <laughs> Which is actually it wasn't so much stilts. Gina Davis actually has peg legs. Both of her legs are made of. Ivory, narwhal tusks. Well, that's not very practical. That's not realistic. No, it's probably hard to balance on those. Well, ivory's very soft. It just wouldn't last. It's very expensive too. You're gonna have to have a new. You're gonna have to have new legs made all the time. But solid oak. Ah, oak. Solid oak lasts. Somebody with Gina Davis's kind of finances can find old growth. <laughs> Max, do you have any questions for Bert? <laughs> or did that all make I sense learned, to you? I learned a lot. It makes sense. Now uh now Malcolm in the middle. Yeah, <laughs> Bert. Now Malcolm in the middle's driving in NASCAR, so how about that? Is what he? a long way what a long way it's come. The well, Frankie Nunez Frankie is Formula One, right? He's Google a, it. He's a Formula One guy. Uh Mm. And it's not NASCAR. I think he might be. Uh, it might be Bush League. Who knows? He's driving cars, though. Max knows. Right, but NASCAR is. Yeah, it's incorporated now, so you can't just you can't just walk on from the movie set. Not any, not anymore. You used to. <laughs> used to though. Funny. Actually, back in the uh, back in the eighties, there was a uh, there was a legal dispute between NASCAR and uh, the Disney Channel. Uh, what, Over the we, theme song. <laughs> before we to get be, to that, um, Frankie Munez is—he is in NASCAR, or he's going to be competing in first NASCAR because he's been driving for a long time. And I, oh, I guess he, Arca he series. made the made the plunge. I guess he made the pros. Well, well go maybe. Frankie, Nunez. go Frankie. Uh, so, so what were you telling us about the theme song for Malcolm in the Middle? No, no, not Malcolm in the middle. I was talking about the theme song. The theme song from NASCAR. You got a. <laughs> they actually. Uh, it used to be NASCAR Incorporated. Hey, NASCAR. Right, right, right. We all right. know. Was which which was off. which was like Kids Incorporated, on the Disney I'm Channel. Find out. Yeah, it's not as quite. It's not quite as catchy, in my opinion. Plus, they didn't have the banjo. Do you remember the show Encyclopedia? A show called Encyclopedia? <laughs> yeah. Encyclopedia Brown. No, I don't remember Encyclopedia. There was no, well, there was Encyclopedia Brown, but there was also a show, I think it was briefly on HBO, called Encyclopedia. Huh. Edu- educational no show. No shit. Yeah, good theme song. Good theme song? What was the theme song? Go, look it up, E, look it up. And look it up, and then they'd spell encyclopedia. I'm not going to sing the whole thing to you because I figure oh, okay. you already. Well, know. I don't know how to spell encyclopedia. <laughs> so, I don't know how to. Sp- I'm actually completely illiterate, so I don't know how to. By choice, by choice. Uh-huh. I used to could read. I used to could read quite well. I could read in 18 languages, but I had to get uh, 
I had to get my friend Uri Geller to hypnotize me and uh, <laughs> take away all my ability to read. <laughs> that was nice of him to do that favor for you. It wasn't really a favor, actually. It was uh, just I was being a jackass at a party, and I woke up the next day, and Uri Geller said, you may now not read. And then he, poof, and he disappeared. Okay, so he was being an asshole, too. You were both being assholes at a party. Being an asshole, but he'd been all my spoons before he left, so he was... He was the ultimate. He ruined that entire cutlery. <laughs> and you'll never eat that cutlery again. It's hard to eat when the fork goes that way. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for imparting this wisdom on us, Bert. Thank you, Larry, for having me. And thank you, Max, for indulging me. Thank you, Max, for talking Knicks with me. Do you have anything you'd li- any last thoughts or things you'd like to plug? That's it. I'm uh, the Uncle Burns with a Z on Twitter. This is a lot of fun. Um, Bert, Uncle Bert, anything you'd like to plug? Yeah, no, thank you. I'm very good. I'm good. <laughs> All right. Excellent. Um, you know what? I won't plug anything either, but except that you could subscribe to the podcast. Always subscribe and give five stars. Give eight stars if you can, Kansas City style. Uh, the name of the podcast is Larry Knows Sports, wherever you get your podcast. May all your dreams be hoop dreams, and may the rest of your days be days of thunder. Thunder.